Larry Bailey with Mortgage Workflow Partners. Today is September 18th, 2023, and we are going to go through this week's weekly newsletter. Information is brought to you from MBS Highway, your trusted source for mortgage market intelligence. Get over to mbshighway.com to get your subscription. It's also brought to you from Mortgage Workflow Partners. You can check out more information at workflowpartners.org. Uh, and you can always join us live in mortgage.community every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We go over all things uh, Encompass during that time. And so if you have anybody that wants to learn more, make sure you get over there. It's 100% free. Anyone can join from any company. So please engage in the conversation. Uh, again, today is September 18th, and we're going to go through the week of September 11th, 2023 in review. The key inflation data was reported ahead of this week's Fed meeting, while home prices continue to show signs of strength. Here's the latest stories. First story is, what fueled the rise in consumer inflation? Uh, second story is, is the rise of wholesale inflation a concern? Uh, next story is, new, home in, uh, new high in home price appreciation. Fourth story is, important context regarding teen jobless claims. And then there's a national pecan or pecan, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, little uh, family hack for that. So let's get into the first story. Uh, what fueled uh, the rise in consumer inflation? So if you're listening to this on podcast, thank you, uh, first of all. Uh, but, but if you want to actually follow along on video, get over to mortgage.community, get over into the market update section and check out the video there. Um, so there's, a, there's an image on here where the uh, headline annual uh, CPI peaked, uh, and then there's a core annual CPI that peaked. Um, first one's June, second one's September, and it talks about where we are uh, basically almost a year later. August Consumer Price Index, the CPI, showed that inflation rose 0.6%, with this monthly reading coming in right around estimates. On an annual basis, the CPI increased from 32 to 3.7% last month, though this is still near the lowest level in more than two years. Core CPI, which strips out volatile food and energy prices, increased 0.3%, while the annual reading declined from 47 to 4.3%. The surging energy and gasoline prices accounted for much of that monthly increase, while teen food and shelter prices and declining costs for used cars helped inflation last month. Note that if the United Auto Workers strike ends up having a prolonged impact on the supply of new cars, we could see used cars prices start to rise again. Interesting, interesting point. Um, so this weekend, uh, my wife ended up buying a brand new Dodge uh, 1500 Rebel, which I would thoroughly encourage you to check out because it's a badass truck. Uh, and so we've got these this 2015 uh, Dodge Ram that I thought we were going to hang on forever. We've got a, uh, a Mopar bumper-to-bumper -bumper lifetime warranty on it that they stopped selling because it's that good. Um, and, you know, I'm in the market now. I'm like, well, maybe I should hang on to it for a little bit longer to sell because of this um, the strike. And we're starting to see uh, new car prices increase. We're starting to see used, price, used car prices. They were peaked, and now they dipped, and now we'll, we'll see what happens. So what's the bottom line here of this story? So while the annual producer price index, also known as PPI, um, also moved higher in the wrong direction, it was coming from a very low level and remains extremely muted, well below last year's peak of 11.7%. Plus, much of the increase in inflation 
at the wholesale level was due to rising energy prices, like we saw with other consumer inflation. Plus, the New York Fed President John Williams recently acknowledged that inflation would even be lower if decelerating shelter costs were better reflected in the reporting. This is with the lagging effect, of course. So, here you go. Uh, here's the next story. Is the rise in wholesale inflation a concern? So, as mentioned a moment ago, the, the Producer Price Index, also known as PPI, which measures inflation on the wholesale level, increased by 0.7% in August, coming in hotter than expected. On an annual basis, the PPI doubled from 0.8% to 1.6%. Core PPI, which also strips out volatile food and energy prices, rose by 0.2%, with the year-over-year reading dropping from 2.4% to 2.2%. And I would say to you, keep an eye up here. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, but not too long ago, this was in the 95 level. We've risen quite a lot, up to 97. The higher that number, um, the lower the cost of money because of uh, inflation being reduced and uh, that number being eroded. Um, so interesting dynamics here. Um, but I was at, at the, the New England Mortgage Bankers Conference last week, and I was sitting with a good friend, and uh, he this is right around when the PPI was coming out. He's like, that's what I worry about, uh, meaning that's what I'm focusing on is the PPI, um, because that's the wholesale level. And typically you'll see the PPI uh, gauge what happens to the CPI. Naturally, if things cost more in wholesale, you tend to think they're going to cost more in retail. Never quite know, but that's typically a good bet. So what's the bottom line here with this PPI concern? So while annual PPI also moved higher uh, in the wrong direction, it was coming from a very low level and remains muted, uh, well below last year's 11.7 peak. Plus much of the uh, increase in wholesale inflation was also due to rising energy prices like we saw with consumer inflation. Remember, the Fed's been hiking its benchmark Fed funds rate, which is the overnight borrowing rate for banks and not mortgage rates, they do this to try to slow the economy and curb the inflation. Uh, their latest hike was in July. It was the 11th since March of last year, pushing the Fed funds rate to the highest level in 22 years. While this uh, progress that we've seen so far on inflation has been enough for the Fed to pause further rate hikes so far, we'll see. We don't know. So recent comments from several Fed members suggest that's the case, including New York President John Williams, Monetary policy is in a, quote, good place. Um, Dallas Fed President Lori Logan skipping a hike this month, quote, could be appropriate, close quote. And Fed President Patrick Harker, the Fed may be at a point to, quote, hold rate steady, close quote. So you've got three Fed, um, uh, uh, Fed presidents from different regions um, making this public statement. And obviously, they're, I'm sure they're trying to find support within their members. Um, listen, we don't know. We'll find out what the Fed decides for sure this Wednesday. Um, that's after the two-day meeting concludes. So they're meeting today and tomorrow, and then we'll find out Wednesday uh, on the 20th. So next story is new home, new high in home price appreciation. So CoreLogic, uh, CoreLogic's home price index showed that home prices nationwide rose for the sixth straight month, up from 0.4%, which is from June to July of this year. Prices were also 2.5% higher when compared to July of last year. CoreLogic's, uh, they forecast that home prices will continue to rise 0.4% uh, in August and 3.5% in the year going forward, 
though their forecasts tend to be on the conservative side historically. In fact, CoreLogic's index is on pace for just under 9% appreciation in 2023. Nine, that's a big number. Um, based, this is based on the monthly gains we've seen so far. So literally, if you bought a house for, I don't know, $400,000 in January, times 9%, that's $36,000 appreciation at the end of this year. That's an enormous gain. Um, and I know we've talked about this before, um, but this, these real estate gains, I still don't know how they're sustainable, but until we get this supply figured out, um, this demand is going to keep prices high. It's just what it is. So Zillow also reported that home price, uh, excuse me, home values have increased 4.5% since the beginning of this year, with their, with their index showing new all-time highs in home values month after month since May. Zillow's index is on pace for a 7% appreciation this year based on the monthly gains we've seen to date. So what's the bottom line here, gang? The latest rise in home prices reported by CoreLogic and Zillow echoes the strong growth seen uh, by the Case-Shiller Index, the Black Knight, and the Federal Housing Finance Agency indices. These reports continue to demonstrate why homeownership remains a good investment and opportunity for building wealth through real estate. And I, I will say this, on building wealth through real estate, keep in mind that buying a piece of real estate and having this appreciation means bupkis if you don't take advantage of the equity. So um, if you are not a homeowner yet, I strongly encourage you to work with uh, mortgage companies, banks, credit unions to help get you into a home using either FHA financing or depending on your income levels for area needed income, even USDA. You got to get into a house. It is the 100% way to gain equity because like that example um, that I gave a moment ago, 400,000 seems like a lot and it very well may be for you. Um, but you've got to get into these homes and you've got to stop paying rent. If I, if I could help you, if you were in my family, this is the guidance I've always given. You've got to stop paying rent because even if you gain a little bit of money, you can use that as an opportunity to pivot to other homes. Um, it is the way it, it works and it, and it does work um, most of the time, not always. There is always risk in this stuff. And so you've got to work with professionals and be smart about it and be engaged with it. Uh, and if there's any questions you ever have about this, I've been buying and selling real estate since 1992. I think it's when I bought my first home at the ripe age of 21. And, uh, and there's ways to do this, and there's great people to work with. And if you need any recommendations, please let me know. I'll be glad to recommend you, depending on where you are and what you're looking to do, whether it's for primary homes, second homes, or investment properties. So... Uh, next story is important context regarding teen jobless claims. Uh, there's an image on here, and we're, we're seeing the, uh, the states that I'm used to seeing with the largest claims, California, New York, and Texas. Uh, so initial jobless claims rose by 3,000 in the latest week, with 220,000 people filing for unemployment benefits for the very first time. Continuing claims also increased 4,000, with 1.688 million people still receiving benefits after filing their initial claim. This latter number has been trending lower since topping 1.861 million in early April, reflecting a mix of people finding new jobs and benefits expired. So what's the bottom line here? So while, teen, while the teen levels of initial jobless claims suggest a strong labor market, the measured week includes Labor Day holiday. So the shortened uh, filing time may have impacted the data, plus initial jobless claims are usually the last data point to reflect a slowdown. It's weird, right? Uh, but it usually is the last data point. Um, typically, we see a slowdown in job postings first. Hirings 
and a reduction in hours before layoffs occur. Um, these first three trends have been seen in recent reports, so it will be important to see if a sustained rise in initial jobless claims follows the coming months, especially with the Fed looking for clear signs that the labor market is softening as they consider further rate hikes this fall. Hey, here's that family hack of the week. This Thursday, September 21st, is National Pecan Cookie Day. And again, I, I kind of vacillate uh, between pecan and pecan. I think I usually say pecan. I don't know why I'm saying pecan, but I usually say pecan. So National Pecan Cookie Day, which is the perfect excuse for making this delicious butter pecan cookie recipe courtesy of Taste of Home. So you're going to preheat that oven to 325 degrees Fahrenheit. You're going to add one and three quarter cups chopped pecans. And there I go again. <laughs> and one tablespoon butter to a baking pan. You're going to bake that up for five to seven minutes until the pecans are, are toasted and brown. Stirring them frequently, uh, set aside to cool. So be careful when you're stirring them. Make sure you're using proper protection dealing with that oven. So in a large bowl, cream up one cup of packed brown sugar and one cup softened butter until light fluffy, which usually takes about five to seven minutes. You're going to beat in one egg yolk and one teaspoon of pure vanilla extract. You're going to add two cups of self-rising flour and mix that well. Cover all that up for about an hour. Preheat that oven up to 375 degrees Fahrenheit. Roll, roll the dough into one-inch balls, then roll the balls into the toasted pecans. Uh, place this about two inches apart into, uh, on an ungreased baking sheet. Uh, top each cookie with a pecan half and bake that for 10 to 12 minutes until golden brown. And then eat them. You got to eat them. It's not <laughs> on the on the on the news here, but you got to bake them and then you got to eat them and share them with others. That sounds really good. So what's the what's the look for this week? So you've got important housing reports ahead, starting today Monday with an update on the home builder sentiment for this month from the National Association of Home Builders. August housing starts and building permits will be reported tomorrow Tuesday, and while existing home sales follow on Thursday. Also. On Thursday, look for the latest job claims in September's manufacturing data for the Philadelphia region. But the Fed will absolutely steal the show as their two-day meeting begins Tuesday with their monetary policy statement. Oh, begins Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday is your two-day meeting. So at the end of Wednesday, they give their, their takeaway and what they decide to do. So everybody is going to be watching that. You, you wait and see. Uh, that's it for me. Thanks again for listening and or watching. I love doing this every Monday with you. You can always uh, find more information from Zoe. That's one of my dogs here. She'll always be glad to let you know what's going on. Get over to Community and uh, join the community. We've got 600, I don't know, 20, 30 members that join. Uh, we've got meetings happening twice a week and uh, all kinds of other information always shared. You can also get over to workflowpartners.org and uh, find out what Mortgage Workflow Partners can do for you for technology and for plugins and for custom development and workflow solutions and just plain common sense to get you from point A to point B and get it done. Uh, thanks very much. <clears throat> Again, my name is Larry Bailey with Mortgage Workflow Partners. Have a great rest of your day.